Welcome to the Stronger Business Podcast, where we discover how to get stronger together. What's up, entrepreneurs? Welcome back to the Stronger Business Podcast. We have an exciting podcast today. We have three of us in the studio, which is kind of a rare treat these days. And we're going to share so much with you on CFO-based knowledge, social media, growing businesses, creative business growth. It's going to be fun. I'm excited to learn a bunch. Welcome to the podcast, Lauren Chandler and Liz McShane. Hi, thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. All right, let's kick this thing off a little bit. Lauren, tell me a little bit about, I think you're employee slash turned entrepreneur slash influencer these days. Is that right? Yes, yes. So my career has been in medical device sales. I was in orthopedic sales for close to 10 years. It's what I did for most of my career. Uh And then about halfway through that, I started doing some content creation, influencing on the side, Um, just as like a little side hustle. And then I took it full time November of 2021. So I've been doing it for a little over a year now as full time. And I absolutely love it. You couldn't pay me to go back to (laughs) corporate America. (laughs) That was going to be my question. Any regrets or any like, I'm sure sure it was like super scary. I have a huge regret that I didn't do it sooner. Oh, no way. Yeah. I wish, I wish I would have done it sooner. It is awesome. I love being my own boss, making my own hours. It feels like the sky's the limit in a way. All right. I love it. All right, Liz, your story is kind of similar. Similar. You were in the medical field as well. Similar but different. All right. I was a registered nurse for six years. I actually just let my license expire. So if that tells you how things are going. No backup plan. No backup plan. Um, Burn the boats. But I I thought I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. And my husband had a business, and I thought I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. And then I realized that is a really tough job. So I started a photography business for my sister, who's an influencer, Uh and that just exploded. I've been doing that for four years full time. Well, that led to my newer business, which is On Trend, which we manage social media for any businesses. And with that comes photography. So I'm just kind of getting to use my creative side. And doing the photography really taught me a lot about the business side of things. As Uh a nurse, I knew nothing. So I really (laughs) dove in head first, learned a lot about business, and now I'm doing a business that I can scale and grow and apply all of the things I learned with photography. So it's really neat. So your photography business wasn't started around taking pictures of other people. It was simply to just do something with your sister and exactly. help build her brand. Exactly. So what made you transition into, did you get into it? Like, hey, I see an opportunity to do more stuff? Or Exactly, yeah. It just, I think word just kind of spread and, mm-hmm. you know, and with influencers, they're always posting stuff. And so it mm-hmm. just kind of that's how, that's how I met Lauren too. Yeah, she's, I was going to ask, how did you two team yeah, up? She slid into my DMs. Yeah, I reached out to her in the beginning because originally I thought I just wanted to do photography for influencers yeah. because they always, I was like, okay, oh, what? Yeah. who always needs photography? Influencers. Absolutely. And I loved doing it and I felt like I was okay at it. And then it just, I did, an, I did a mentorship with an Atlanta photographer and from there it like exploded and I do everything now. That is mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. So what did you say like when you slid into her DMs like Hey, Lauren, I know you're trying to get in this influencer space, but your pictures suck. (laughs) No, to me, I mean, Lauren, you had like 10K, I think, when I reached out. You were at the time. I felt like it was like a a risk for me to like reach out to you, honestly. It was like a big. So y'all weren't previous friends or anything. No, it was a blind DM slide. Oh, I love it. Yeah. really cool. And it was basically just like, hey, I know you're taking pictures all the time. I'm starting this thing. I'd love to gift you some Mm -hmm. pictures. And I was like, sure. At the time, I was still working my corporate job. And I was like, sure, if you want to come over on a Saturday when I'm not working, like, 
I'll take some free pictures. And I remember no being like, oh my gosh, she said yes. Like, and I remember calling Anna and being like, I'm doing pictures of Lauren Chandler. Like, That's so, so funny. Cool. Oh, this is awesome. And now right. Lauren's like one of my best friends. I know. I was going to say, now I talk yeah. to Liz like eight times yeah. a day. No, no kidding. Yeah. And I love your approach. So you said, hey, I want to come do some free pictures yeah. to show you what I got. Show exactly. Show you what I can do for you. Yeah. So many people miss that, like starting out. They want to like. Be perfect before they, yeah. Yeah, it's like know my value and like charge a bunch of money from the start. And it's like, that's such a brilliant model and obviously leads to business and friendships and relationships. Well, and I had more confidence going into it because I wasn't charging anything. I didn't feel like there was any pressure. It was like, okay, if I I do a terrible job, she didn't lose anything other than her time. So, you know. And she didn't do a terrible job. She did a great job. And And I had been doing it a little bit here and there before that. It's not like she was like my first client. but Yeah. yeah. And that spiraled out, too, because then from there, it, people would see my photos, and they'd be like, hey, I'm busy. Like, who's that girl that took your photos? And I would be like, hey, can I share your contact information with this person? And I feel like through then, that's how she yeah. got connected with a bunch of people was just, you know, once you reach out to one person, they have a yep. whole network of people, and then it just kind of keeps spidering out. So I think it, that's such a cool part of the influencer space and, like, what social media does now for business is, you know, traditionally, you know, let's take what I do in the service-based industry, like, at the end of the day, we just don't connect with that many people on a weekly basis or, you know, nothing is shared on a tremendous level. Of you could. Going, oh, I, well, we're getting there. <laughs> oh, no. You totally could. Outside of, like, going to some, like, traditional monthly chamber meeting, but in the influencer in the social space, you all communicate and collaborate so much, and there's so many eyes on what you do, and so many of other influencers you all are following each other and paying mm-hmm. attention to each other's pages and stuff so when something happens and there is a business connection mm-hmm. like it's immediately like 10,000 people see it I exactly. think that's really very visible cool. mm-hmm. it's, it's such a cool way to collaborate and grow businesses mm-hmm. all right so I want to Liz I want to come back to you for a second because okay. I'm curious you went from okay I want to get out of the medical field and I think I want to be a stay-at-home mom mm-hmm. How in the heck does that lead to two different businesses? What what was the motivation to keep? So I think On Trend was slowly an idea for me, and I never, ever expected it to be what it is today. And that's a huge thing for me. I don't ever want to have everything planned out when I jump into something. Uh-huh. I want to have an idea. I know it's going to work. I'll figure it out along the way. But what I was seeing with clients, especially brands, I was like, I can come in once a month and get you pictures for you to use for your social media. Mm-hmm. We can just give you like a package and you can use that to post every day. And they just didn't have the time or the knowledge on how to do that. And so I was like, okay, so there's a need. I need to solve the problem. I'm a problem solver. So then what? I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go for this. Sent out an email on the listserv for Zeta. And <laughs> I mean, I'm like a whole Zeta like company. Like all the Zetas work for me. And I, I love Zetas. Shout out to the Zetas. Um, they awesome. are awesome. Like, and so it just it just snowballed. And that that's kind of how it happened. And it, I never... No. Previous business knowledge? No. no. Uh, I, I honestly think I am good at this. Like, I'm good at selling. I feel like I'm good at helping other people. And sometimes I, I have to, like, pull the reins back because uh-huh. I it's that can be annoying. But um, so I just try to go with the grain instead of go against it. You know I what I mean? It. It's just yeah. why, you know, why try to do something? I feel like I'm naturally gifted in this area. So let's let's just go, you know? I love it. So for both of you, no regrets, no, like, your advice would be if you're thinking about doing something in the business space, entrepreneur space, like, dive in. I think if you have that in the back of your mind and it's not going away, like, you have this, like, 
voice or I don't know, something that keeps popping up saying like, hey, you should do this. Or if you really love something, it's there for a reason. Mm-hmm. And you, you, uh, what did you say? You said something to me one time, like you'll never, if you don't go for it, then you've already failed. Yeah. Cause I think a lot of people are scared to go for it and take the plunge. They're afraid of the failure. Afraid of the failure. And she's like, well, if you never try, you've already failed. Then you've essentially failed. And that has Ooh, always like stuck that with me. Yeah. Really resonate. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. Like you've already failed if you haven't tried. So why not at least try and, and go for it? And I cause it. I feel like if you do, like I said, like for me, when I was doing it kind of on the side and kind of half in, half out, I was always like, man, what if I really could give this a shot and go for it? And I think if you just have anything like that or like with you, your idea for On Trend, it's there for a reason. Or even messaging you. Like I was like, what's the worst that can happen? She can say no. Right. You know? Mm -hmm. Just go for it. That like really for me like keys Mm -hmm. that Gretzky quote. I don't know if y'all have ever seen it or heard it, but Wayne Gretzky at one point in his career, they're talking about, you know, of course he's the highest scoring hockey player ever and has all sorts of records that – he just said, hey, you, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Same yeah. concept, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. In the business world, like, that resonated for me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I just don't want regrets. Like, mm-hmm. kind of the same thing. Like, mm-hmm. how do I not have regrets? Like, yeah, I'd rather fail. I'd rather try something and fail than, like, not try exactly. at all. Mm-hmm. I guess that sh- how many people, shocking how many people that holds back and that struggles with that. Um, I, I think it's really cool with it. Both of you came at it from completely different angles, and it's successful both different ways. You left your career first, mm-hmm. and you kind of side hustles and, and side gig this thing and build it up along the way and then left. So I think it's really cool that there's no one side fits all or no one way you got to do everything, um, that everybody's journey is a little bit different, and there's multiple ways to get to success in what you're doing. So that leads us to something I'm excited to talk about today. The three of us have collaborated together yes. and have something exciting to share. This is a connection from Liz, and that's how we all, you kind of brought us all to the table. Mm-hmm. And your husband, Patrick, I've worked with for a long time. So it's really cool kind of how this has played out through previous relationships. But we have all teamed up together and have built a course for influencers and creatives. I'm excited about uh what we have to share, and I feel like we have built something that is going to be extremely valuable for anybody in that business, entrepreneur, influencer, and creative space. I know you talked a little bit when we were recording, Lauren, that uh, you learned a ton. You want to share a little bit about the course and what all you learned along the way? Yeah, absolutely. So the course is called the Influencer CFO, but it's really applicable to anybody that has a small business, I think, um, or a business in general, not necessarily even a small business. Um, but it shares basically ways that you can really tax write-offs is a lot of kind of the meat and potatoes of the course. Um, But it really opens your eyes to different ways you can look at your business and how you kind of can view it from a yearly, like, bird's eye view and helps you kind of plan your year to be like, okay, I know I can take a business retreat here and this can be a write-off. Or I know that I want to make this purchase. I'm going to do it at this time so it's considered performance clothing. And there's all these little, like, tips and tricks that I personally learned that – have, I mean, if you add everything up, all the value in this course, I mean, you would save, I mean, tens of thousands of dollars. Oh, absolutely. For Easily. sure. Yes. Easily. I mean, there's one chapter five, is there module five, is called Five Ways to Save $15,000. And I think that's being conservative. I mean, and that's I feel, a conservative number. I feel like also, not only is it extremely valuable from the return on investment, you know, you can spend a little bit of money and save thousands and thousands and of dollars. And it's a write-off. And it's a write-off. That's right. 
I feel like it's in a way that it's not stressful to learn or in a way that's not super like confusing or these terminology sides of business that make it hard to understand and that's that's my favorite part about it is being able to communicate and help people find a less stressful way to grow their business and understand the financial side and the CFO side of their business and ultimately make more money and save more money. I think that's all we we all love what we do and want to be really good at what we do and like you said help see a need and provide a value and a fix there. And at the end of the day, we're also trying to make money. If we can't make money, if we can't keep more money in our pocket, we're not going to be able to grow or scale or help more people, or it's just not going to be worth it. So I think that's the cool thing about the course, that it provides a lot of value in helping people just hang on to more of their money, make more money, and be able to grow and scale in a less stressful, easier way. Absolutely. and I Go ahead. I was going to say, I really like that it's in layman's terms. Like you said, this is not a course for people that already know about finance. This is for people like myself that came from just corporate America. I was a W-2 employee. I didn't have to worry about write-offs and, you know, saving more money in my business. I just got paid by my company and that was it. So kind of going into my own you know, starting your own business, then all of a sudden I knew nothing. And so this is very, the way you explain everything is very easy to understand. It's explained to somebody that isn't familiar with the finance world and didn't go to CPA school. And, you know, it's it's made for just the average person that is familiar with maybe your backgrounds, photography and nursing. And we don't know about this whole world. Mm-hmm. And so it's very easy to understand. Love it. So, Liz, you were the brainchild behind this whole thing and kind of seeing the vision and bringing us together. What clicked for you or what made you think about, hey, this is something I think we need to do? I remember sitting, we were in Highlands, North Carolina, not the trip we just went on. It was before that. And I was just like, man, I wish that Chad would just come out with like a playbook for at the time I was like photographers, you know, and then it evolved, I was like, well, he could really help influencers because it's such, there's so much gray area, I Uh feel like, and it's becoming more saturated, the influencing world, but I think a lot of people don't, they're just a lot of unknowns, but you can, it's all, you can kind of dive in and and turn it into black and white because, Mm -hmm. you know, there is some crossover there, but um, I think there's just a lot of, a lot of unknowns in the influencing world, so it helps to have a guide that you can't find anywhere else. I mean, I've researched it. You cannot find a guide like this anywhere else specifically for influencers or small businesses like this. So I love the playbook terminology because I feel like that's exactly what we've been able to be able yeah. to do is really take a step-by-step module approach and create mm-hmm. a playbook that's easy to follow and kind of people can learn at their own speed. Well, you touch on things that are specific to influencers like the performance clothing or the when you're gifted things in, as an influencer a lot of times people instead of paying influencers I think they want to give them their product but I you know we learned a little bit about that in the course like there's certain things you might want to say no to so I, I mean I learned a lot about influencing just listening to the course when I was filming it so yeah I think that's one of probably the most misunderstood things in the influencer space uh, with any clients I deal with that that comes on board with us is you have to report any of those gifts as taxable income. And that is like shocking to everybody. A lot of people do not know that. No, not at all. And that's pretty low hanging fruit from an IRS mm-hmm. standpoint. Like they can quickly like resource on, and the IRS looks at social media and they, if they do a full fledged audit, it is so rare that it happens. But if it does, they can cross reference those things mm-hmm. and they really go after just the low hanging fruit. And like, hey, you're an influencer. 
and you didn't report any gifts or any like trade items for the entire year. Like, come on, we all know there's got to be something. You got there. something, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and so I think that's one of the one of the biggest tips that we can share with influencers and things uh, on the income side is making sure you report any gifts you're receiving from brands or anything you're an ambassador for because that's taxable income. But there's ways to get around not paying taxes on it. You can uh, re-gift it back out. You can donate it. You can sell it. You can not personally keep it and put it to personal use. Um, there's lots of things we share in the course to be able to help there and be able to do that. Um, Lauren, what were you doing before we met and had some of these conversations? Were you just Googling everything? Or how did you how did you know you needed to track your income and expenses, that you needed to pay taxes? Where, where did you start? It was very primitive <laughs> with just my little um, spreadsheet of, you know, money coming in, money coming out. Yeah. And um, my husband, Trey, would do most of the preparations uh-huh. and, you know, send it to the tax guy. But the thing about it is, I mean, sure, you can track like your income versus your expenses, you know, send it to your CPA or whatever. They'll file it for you. Pretty basic stuff. But the thing that I, one of the biggest takeaways about the course for me personally as a content creator is you don't know what you don't know. And so there are so many ways that I could, I'm kicking myself that I could have been saving money over those years that I just didn't know existed. For example, my daughter is part of my content. I'm, um, I don't know if I'm a full-on like mommy blogger, but a lot of my content does revolve sure. around like children's clothing or um, her snacks, her activities, things like that. And you can actually, I learned through the course with you that I could be paying my daughter um, for some of basically like if she's doing like work with the blog, with the with the content, and that's a, a tax write-off. They're tax deductible, and I didn't know that before taking the course and so it's one of those things like you don't know what you don't know there's so many ways that people can save money and kind of move things around and there's just so many there's so much out there to take advantage of that people don't know about yeah i agree and i think that's that's one of the tax tips i love to share and this is not just for the influencer and creative space this is for any business you can pay your kids it's actually bumped up now in 2023 you can pay your kids pretty much 13 grand a year out of your business write it off as a business expense and your kids don't have to file a tax return and do not have to pay taxes on that money. We have what's called a standard deduction, which is about 13 grand. And anybody that makes less than 13 grand doesn't have to file, doesn't have to pay taxes. So on the business side, especially in the influencer space, no matter what age your child is, they're being used for advertising, they're being used for pictures, for, for blogging, for quote-unquote modeling. As they get a little older, they can help do stuff. As they get even older, they can help you with social media and different things. And so all those things become a write-off um, from what you pay your kids. And the, the cool place where you can like double and triple dip on this thing is, uh, let's take Dottie for an example. You can quote-unquote pay Dottie $13,000 from the business. Your business gets to write that off, saving you five, six, seven thousand $7,000 on taxes potentially. You can take that money, you can put it into a 529 plan, which can grow tax-free for Dottie for college. You could put it into a Roth IRA. You could leverage it in an investment account, so it's earning dividends and interest and growing through stocks. There's so many ways you can take this money, you're saving on your taxes, and you're leveraging it to build some sort of investment or future education fund for your child, which is amazing. And you can do this every single year. Liz, you have three kids. Mm-hmm. We're talking about thirty-six 
to $39,000 of write-off there. It's like tremendous tax tip there for any entrepreneur, business owner, creative to take advantage of. And there's a few little details on it that you just need to make sure they're performing a role or a job in the business, but that's pretty easy to do in a pretty wide net and some grace the IRS gives you. Um, one of my other th- favorite things that we share in there is just talking about how to write off things that you're already spending every day. And that's for any business owner that can that can leverage anything they're spending or using already in their personal life. Those are things like cell phones, home internet, vehicles, mileage, you know, car insurance, um, getting into some creative fun stuff like performance clothes or quote unquote luxury work bags. And so lots of fun ways to do some things there. I know the last time we talked, uh, my wife, Lauren, had uh, just got a new pair of tennis shoes that was work-related. And so it's when you can combine fun and creative stuff with taxes, I think that's really cool. And that's a lot of what we talk about in the course, along with how to be structured properly and how to track things and tons of spreadsheets and information and different uh, tag-alongs to, that comes with it. Yeah, something I love about the course, too, it's the it's set up as modules of us talking. It's like an interview format. But then within each chapter the user gets downloadable, um, either their PDFs or spreadsheets Mm -hmm. that you have put together. Um, So they're, I can guarantee they're much more complex than like what I was using, for example, easier to, you know, track everything. Um, So that's something else you get by taking the course is all these spreadsheets that help you just add a, with the click of a button, help have all the templates to organize your business. I love it. I know this so far in this podcast feels like a influencer CFO course plug, and it kind of is. But, I'm just so uh, excited. About I know it. it's so it's also, and I believe so much in it. And and why I say that is uh, you know around this seems like a plug, but it's it's really can provide so much value. Like I believe so much in it that if anybody buys this course or checks it out and you don't get way more than what you pay for it, I will personally like refund your money. Like it is so valuable and so helpful for entrepreneurs, business owners, and creatives. Um, we've got a link to it in the Stronger Business uh, website. If you go to strongerbusiness.com, you can go directly to the page, influencercfo.com. Um, any of our social pages, you can link to it. So I definitely encourage you to check it out, uh, but we will, not shamelessly plug the course for the rest of this episode. We're going to switch gears and talk about some more fun stuff, growing businesses and learning a little more about you two and things you can share. So, all right, Liz, you have had the recent experience of not just growing a business in the creative space, you have started doing it with employees and contractors and like making a scalable model behind this. Mm Has that been way harder? Has that been way easier than you thought? What have you learned along the way? Share some stuff with us on going from like solopreneur to actually having a team of people. I I think I really got lucky with the girls that I'm surrounded with. I think I was was telling you this, I was telling somebody that this morning that I'm just, I'm really, I'm so blessed. These girls are so smart. They work so hard. I mean, we think of, you know, 19, 20 year old kids as just, you know, probably not much initiative. These girls are <laughs> sure. not like that. Um, so I got really lucky there. There have definitely been some challenges. Um, I've had to, you know, work through some hard situations with maybe people that weren't the right fit or, you know, just it just wasn't working out. But overall, it's just, it's been fun. And it, I would say it's been, we've all just been so motivated that it's been easier than expected. I wouldn't say easy, but it has been so much fun. And living in Athens and having unlimited resources with college students helps a little bit. 
um, I have people applying for jobs with us every single day. No way. To the point where I went on our website and put a, like a form that lives there for people that want to be a part of our team. And I've got four interviews this week for new for girls that want to oh join God. our team. So this is like in the toughest labor market ever. You have people lining up to work. They are because they can do it from home. It's remote. They can do it from anywhere in the world. So a lot of these girls, they'll go study abroad in the summer and they want a job, but they don't want to have to get a job in Europe. So they, they want to come work with me and learn. Interesting. So how are you getting the word out there? Is it all through the sorority connections? Yeah, or? This, yeah. and I wasn't planning on that, but that's kind of that. And then our social media. So yeah. I turned around Practicing and what you preach, yeah, yeah. I turned around and told one of our girls, Lindsay, um, I was like, okay, I'm gonna let you take it. And I pay her like I would any other, you know, any other account would pay us. And she, she runs it. And I can't tell you how much that has helped. The week she took over, I think I had four new clients. And before that, it was like one every other week. That's so amazing. It, yeah, So you have delegated arguably the most important part of your business and been able to, yeah. to do that from and, the And I did the photography business. I've delegated that. So <sighs> That's amazing. Yeah. It's great because I can focus on what I like to do, which is the client relationships, meeting with people, going uh-huh. over what we do, educating them on why it's important. And then the other stuff, they can manage that. And that's what they like to do. So... So you're able to focus on what you love to do and your strengths like exactly. this early in the business. Yes. Now, is this something you like financially you had to plan for? Like, hey, I'm going to take a hit for the first year or two. No, while there's I do like this, no or? overhead. That's awesome. Yeah, it's great. So how are you? How do you manage to train or to scale with remote employees? That's probably my biggest challenge in business. Is if I if I go to the remote model, how the heck am I going to like train and hold them accountable and manage? We this have thing? developed systems that. Thankfully, we're at the point now where we have everything where it can just be replicated. <laughs> and so what I do, and, and like I was saying, I have really strong employees. So when we do get a new employee, uh-huh. I let them train. And I uh, kind of make sure that they're, you know, I kind of hold their hand that first month. And I'm always involved in what they're doing. But I have a girl that is dedicated to the training process. So, Interesting. So I don't do any of the, like, sit-down training. Is this our, is a lot of your team, are they paid per project? Are they paid by the hour? I pay them by the project. I pay them by the account that they manage. And then if they do anything outside of that, I try to keep up with hours. But keeping up with hours is A, it's just just painful. And B, sometimes, I mean, you just don't know. I mean, I trust all my girls, but you Uh just, you just never know. You know, so it's just for me, I feel like it's just, it's more clean cut to just do it by the account. Do y'all have some really cool like training software? Do you use like Google Drive or what are you using? Google Drive, a lot of that. We kind of have everything um, built into like a Canva document and just checklist for people to go through. And I mean, we've got like deliverables, we've got deadlines, we've got every month it's the same thing. So we can keep it very uniform. You make this sound so freaking easy, but I, (laughs) that's for like, for me in, in the business side of things, like, think for a lot of us in the entrepreneur and business space that that are traditionally been doing this the same way for so long we're trying to like serve the client and do all the work and then like on the side build some sort of training system and then try to build some checklist but somehow you've been able to do all of this really fast what's what is the secret or what's the key is it just not getting too bogged down in the details or is that, it, are you exactly. truly just like delegating everything? Like I said, sometimes I'm that way to a fault. I don't delegate everything. I'm definitely involved in a lot of it, but I think, and you asked this at the beginning before we started talking and I'm just going to go ahead and say my answer to your question. But, um, one of my biggest pieces of advice is yeah. to outsource your weaknesses. I am not good at sitting there and writing 30 captions and uploading all the pictures and do it. I am. I just, I'm not good at that. 
Um, so I, I outsource that. Mm-hmm. But that's our whole model. It's outsource it to us because we're good at this. So um, that's definitely been a huge lesson for me is to to find a group of girls that I can outsource all of the, you know, the tasks to that I need done. So it's been easy because my team is like, they're legit. Like they're awesome. Yeah, so crushing it. Um, and just, I mean, we work together on some things yeah. in the social space and the content space and it's been amazing. Uh, yeah. I think I really just lucked out. I think, the, I think the interesting thing that I experienced um, and, and still experience working with you all is that I feel like is unique in the creative space is the consistency. You all have the business approach and consistency behind things when it's not just how do I like be like super creative, over create. It's, hey, you understand the importance of like consistency mm-hmm. and things on a system and things. Everything's on a system, but no client, is, like our approach is different based on the client's needs because yeah. I don't ever want every client to get the same thing. Like, I don't want their feed to all look the same. I want us to represent what they want. So that's where our business is a little different than others because that takes a little more effort. So I know how, how does Chad Brown speak? Like, what would he say here? I have to make sure I'm almost embodying you in order for this to look like you. So, and again, that's a little bit of a challenge, but like I, that's one of the first things I tell girls when I interview them, like, this is not a cookie cutter plan. Our yeah, systems you are come in and be intuitive. Our yeah. systems Stick are to the systems. Exactly. But you be exactly. Of it. So you do have to have that skill, which not everybody has. Sure. All so. right, Lauren. On your side, do you just love everything you do, or are you just kind of like grind out and like grit and bear the stuff you don't like to do, or are you delegating stuff on your side? A little bit of both. Okay. So um, with mine, I mean, I do pretty much everything. I mean, my website is lowchandler.com, so mm-hmm. it's. Um, you know, it's it's all things that we're kind of doing sure. over over at our house. Um, so I mean, I do most of it, um, but I do have a girl that helps me. I just pay her um, hourly. She works like a few hours a week, and it's kind of the same concept as Liz. Like the things that I really, it's it's not even like what I don't enjoy doing. It's the things that I like dread doing. It's <laughs> yeah. mostly on my website because I do actually still blog. Um, uh-huh. I get a lot of business through um, my Pinterest, and I'll blog and like put those images on a Pinterest account, and that leads people to my website. And so I will use that to pitch myself to brands as like how much you know, website traffic and things. Um, And I'm working to build that up. That's one of my goals this year is to get that up. And so, but there's a lot on the back end of putting things on the website that I really don't enjoy. And so I was able to find the girl um, and she's a very talented uh, writer and enjoys doing stuff like that on the back end. Um, And so if I, you know, I'll have ideas, Liz and I will take the photos, I'll I'll tell her the concept and I'll be like, you like get this up for me, kind of make a skeleton of it, a post, and then I'll go in and edit it. And it saves me so much time. It gets done faster because I'm not like dreading the task you know things like that that's probably the biggest thing that I outsource and then in terms of everything else it's I'm doing it all the content planning all the social media is done by me um, pitching to brands negotiating deals with brands things like that but yeah I found like the one area that I really didn't enjoy and did outsource that I like it. So these, you talk about negotiating with brands and doing those kind of things is this very much a learn as you go you just well, I was in corporate sales. That was my, you know, oh, selling. So that's to, in your wheelhouse. I yeah. like that. That's my favorite part. A lot of people will outsource that. Like, sure. there's a whole subset of like VAs that are on the market that will like pitch for you. And that's actually what I like. I like to sell. And that's my background. And that's what I feel like I'm the best at. Um, and so I like pitching and putting together. Um, you know, proposals and things like that and coming up with like custom plans that I think the customer would like or that they would want. Um, so I, I like that piece of it. All right. So you, you talked about 
blogs earlier, and I really want to dive into this for a few minutes because I, as a business owner, I feel like anybody in traditional business that's maybe over the age of 30 probably has no idea what a blog is. If they do, they definitely don't have a blog going on in their business. And I hear two sides of this thing. I'm like, oh, blogs are a thing of the past. Blogs are dead. And then I hear other and read other things like, you got to have a blog. That's the only way to like drive content and SEO and traffic. Is the blog like your key to success and growing things? Or is the blog something you're phasing out? What's the status of blogs these days? And how important is it for you and for just a business owner entrepreneur in general? I don't think it's the, definitely not the key and definitely not the main focus. However, okay. it's really nice to have for all of your content to live. So let's say if you're on Instagram and you go to someone's profile, you're only going to see the top nine photos, right? right. But let's say um, you, let's say if someone follows me and they see this, a, a thing I did, a, an outfit I shared, a recipe I made, whatever, and they, in order to find it on Instagram, they're going to have to sit there and scroll to last July whenever I shared that. Well, if they just go to my website and type in whatever... Uh, you know, it's searchable. Yes, it's, it's just like a regular website. You go to the search bar, they can type in, you know, bacon wrap dates or whatever it was that I shared, and it pops right up versus, you know, so it's kind of a nicer way for everything to live. Okay. And then anything that I share on Instagram, I do have a page on my website that says shop my Instagram. So again, if somebody, if my stories, your stories expire after 24 hours. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I can post it on stories, put the link, but if somebody saw it's it gone. yesterday yeah. while they were at a stoplight and they're like, oh, I wanted to get that thing that she shared, they can just go to lowchandler.com and my link is still going to be there Okay. It, you know, it's kind of a way, like a hub for all of your content to live. Sure. So people can go back and then it never expires. So that's kind of the value in it. Nice. That makes sense. Are you blogging per post or do you blog once a week and combine a lot of posts and stories into one? How do you timeline I, approach this thing? I try to do two to three posts a week on my website. Huh? Um, and there'll be, it's a lot of home content. I really like seasonal entertaining, hosting, like seasonal decor like that. I'll like redo my daughter's room with like... Of like right now she has like a Valentine's tree in her room and just random little things that kind of make the home like special and fun is kind of the stuff you can find on um, my website and then I'll use kind of social media to promote that sometimes you know so I'll put yeah. I might have a video of the Valentine's tree coming up soon and I could be like to see where I bought everything go visit lowchandler.com and I'll have all the links for you right. kind of like that so they kind of work together sure that makes sense do you is a blog specifically probably more important for a product-based business or do you think everybody should have a blog? I think if you're on social media it does you know you definitely don't have to and there's you know girls right now on TikTok making millions that absolutely don't have a website but you know that have just exploded and gone viral and stuff um, but I think for us I think it's nice for your audience if you do have a really engaged community I don't have a ton of followers but I think the followers that I do have are very engaged and they'll mm -hmm. message me like hey what was that sweatshirt you had on yesterday you know where were Dottie's shoes from things like that and so it's just kind of a value for your audience too to have everything all in one place I don't necessarily think you have to have one but it is is nice and I don't think anybody in the business is really focusing on a blog anymore I don't think anybody wakes up and like checks blogs the way they used to um, but I think for any um, I would say most moms at least when it's time to plan your kids birthday party you go to Pinterest or something and you type in you know two-year-old birthday ideas and people may not realize but any pin that you click on it takes you to a website that's somebody's blog mm -hmm. you know so they're they're out there they're maybe just being utilized in a different way that makes sense. So for you, Liz, 
with on trend do y'all primarily focus on instagram or do you focus on all the platforms where are y'all it depends on what the client's audience is and what the client wants but we can do i was thinking while lauren was talking kind of what we manage is almost like the portal into the hub so the hub would be your website your blog we're basically trying to make sure that the portal looks really nice so your instagram your facebook youtube twitter I could, there's TikTok even more, but um, we want to make sure those look really nice and you're engaging with people so that it's easy for them to get to whatever your product is or your service. Okay. So for you, it would be, you know, um, tax advice or, sure. you know, and so we would try to make that as easily accessible as we could for your followers, make sure that your feed looks aesthetically pleasing and that anything they click on is going to take them back to where they can find you, where they can get in touch with you to set up an appointment. Um, or if it was, you know, you to find a product that you shared or any any business. I mean, we have so many different businesses, but our, our main goal is to always get people to the sale. I like it. Yeah. All right, so let's do a case study here. Let's have a little fun with this. You okay. talked about my side. Y'all, uh, we've done some things together. Y'all know what I have going on, taxes, tax planning, mm-hmm. some Instagram stuff uh, around Tax Tip Tuesdays and Serial CFO. What do I need to do different? Do I need a blog? Do I need... Uh, do more on Instagram? Do I need a better website? What would you... Both Are you on TikTok yet? I am not on TikTok. Do I need to be on TikTok? I feel do like I that's need to be on Pinterest? Like, what I, YouTube. You could do YouTube shorts. YouTube shorts and TikTok. Is you don't have to film a different thing for every single platform. You can film it one time. We can break it up, dice it up, change the, the whatever you call it, crop, crop it differently so that it fits, and then you're done. You can go to all the different platforms. Yeah, I always, like, it sounds, like, so appealing. Like, yeah, just record some content and repurpose it. But, God, it's so time-consuming. It and is. Like, yeah, it is. But I guess that's where outsourcing comes that's, in. yeah. Where we pay you all to do mm-hmm. it. All right, so you you two think, for me, YouTube and TikTok, that's, like, the I think answer so. to... Yeah, yeah, TikTok really likes niche accounts. And so mm-hmm. I think something that was just like your tap, Tax Tip Tuesday, they love mm-hmm. the series too on TikTok. Like this is like tax, tax t- it's hard to say, Tax Tip <laughs> it Tuesday. Is hard to say. You know, part 17 <laughs> or whatever. And they, they love stuff like that. So if you could think of that and then like two or three more like series kind of, I think you would blow up. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if, God, this, this will make me sound really old, even just phrase. I don't know that I'm doing TikTok right. Like I don't I've never posted anything. But I go on there and I don't know how to find anything. It just like gives me a bunch of We can stuff give you a tutorial after, after stuff the... to watch. Like I just there's no like home screen or like I feel like the 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 search or the feed is not I don't know. There is a learning curve. It just it throws me a bunch of videos and I'm like, I don't how do I go to some sort of organ it just seems very unorganized and yeah i don't know how to navigate we'll it. give you a tutorial well, after or if you podcast. outsource it you don't even have to worry about it you just yeah, there you go. just hire a list maybe that's the answer all right i like that <laughs> but the beauty a- of what you do is you can offer your services to anyone anywhere sure really right yeah, so it's not you know anywhere in the country yeah there's definitely a struggle when you have people in their services local like they can't uh-huh. there's no way they can get outside of athens georgia and that's fine that's their business model but you know tiktok's probably not the best plan for them you know it's because they can't sell what they're selling right. online but so for you they can work with anybody you, across the country or maybe even more than that yeah. like why not so there's definitely a strategy all right so we all don't live in the world that you do is where you have people like lined up to work for you some of the rest of us over here are struggling to find people and struggling to train people and delegate um somehow you figured this out way better than most of us but do you run across a situation where let's say 
how to get on TikTok and it were to like really blow up and we're really to have 15 clients a week wanting to onboard. We just can't handle that. Like, do you run into that on your side of uh, some of the businesses you work for where the onboarding side struggles or it's not very efficient on that side? I haven't had that happen yet. Uh Um, We've definitely seen a lot of growth, but I wouldn't, I mean, I think anybody that comes on board with us, that's what they want. They want to blow up. They're they're teed up and ready. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't, and, and people understand me. We we listen to the client. So like I have one right now, she has a, she owns a clothing boutique and I was talking to her about setting up an ambassador program. And basically what you just said, she just said, that's definitely my two year plan. But right now I don't know that I'm ready for that because it will blow up. Mm-hmm. Um, so just, yeah, I mean, I haven't had that problem yet, but yeah, I think our clients are prepared for that if it did happen. That's so, good. Yeah. I know for me, I, um, I love growing. I love the idea of, like, let's put more content out there. Let's help more people. Yeah. But it's definitely a balance because I just can't hire and scale, I feel like, as fast as I can grow. you got to so go like, to the Zeta house. I, I know, right? House. I got to, like, start shopping somewhere else well, for I think team too. members. Okay, just because for On Trend, you have to remember, it's remote. And all these girls are so good at social media. Like, that's what they want to yeah. do. It's actually, now I think it's a major in at colleges and universities. Really? I think social media Holy marketing cow. is a major. And so wow. it's it's a thing. And these girls are they that's what they want to do. Yeah. So it I, I really did luck out, but you know, it's not like it's child and family development or something. It's there it's something they're really interested in. So All right. So they're already interested in this. Exactly. Um I think a lot of people wanna be influencers. What would your advice be to anybody out there, whether they're an owner of a business, whether there's somebody young getting into the influencer space? Should people try to become an influencer now or should they stay away from that? Is it like too flooded? What are your thoughts and opinions on influencing in general? I think if you want to do it, the biggest piece of advice is just start. Don't wait for it to be perfect. And that was something that I I still struggle with to this day. Um, Don't wait for either the piece of content to be perfect. Don't wait until you figure out the perfect tagline for your Instagram. Like literally just start. There are accounts out there with millions of followers and people are just scrambling eggs. Like literally they're they're just, it's just content. Just make people want to watch content and be entertained. So just post what you're into post what you like, post what you're doing. I mean, there's a huge trend right now of just a day in life. Have you seen this? Like on, t- on TikTok and Instagram, people will just show themselves like making their bed. And I'll catch myself watching them. I'm like, why am I watching this girl in New Jersey make her bed? Like, what am I doing? <laughs> and I mean, there seriously, it doesn't have to be like a perfect, mind-blowing, super value-add piece of content. Just post. And if you like it, I mean, you'll you'll attract people that way, and just go for it. Don't don't wait for it to be perfect. Is that's it, what I would say. Is like crazy niche better? It's like scrambling eggs every day better than just like <laughs> posting a bunch of random content of like I traveling think, to the beach and stuff. What's I think that? so. I think if you do have you know saying in some kind of a wheelhouse is best um, because I've heard the example like for example, let's say you post a video of arranging flowers or something, mm-hmm. and you get a hundred followers, and these followers are like, wow, I love this video of you arranging. Flowers flowers. But if your next video is you giving a tax tip or something, they're like, wait a minute, I started following this account because they were doing flowers. And then they may, you know, get confused or unfollow you. So the people, a lot of the accounts that 
I've seen like study, like kind of like studies on, like on TikTok and stuff of why they've blown up. It's because they almost post like the same exact type of video every single day. There's uh, a lot of consistency. Uh, Sometimes it'll be like a makeup video or get ready with me. They'll be in the same chair, the same spot, put on the same products, and they're just talking to the camera every day. And these people will blow up. Um, so if you do have a really strong niche like yourself, I think that that's easier for you to get big than somebody that's kind of all over the place for sure. See, this is interesting because I feel like you got to mix it up because you got to be like entertaining or it gets boring or like you got to show some different stuff or you got to like let people into your life a little bit. But really, if people are following me, they're just interested in tax stuff. Mm -hmm. I just need to post a bunch of tax stuff and try and quit trying to like be more creative and do other things. I've heard that like on your actual feed, so like your reels, your posts, all that could be your niche. Like that's all tax stuff. And then your uh, stories as anything goes. So people do want to get to know you. Like people do want to see behind the scenes. The behind the scenes stuff does great. Mm -hmm. And um, so they do, you know, I think it's important to show like the tax tip Tuesdays every Tuesday, but then they want to see like you and your wife going to dinner when you're on vacation. Like that's part yeah. of it. They want to feel like they know the person behind the tax. It's no different than thinking of yourself almost as like a brick and mortar. So I'm not going to go to Athens running company for cupcakes. Like you just, you know what I mean? I'm going there for a specific thing. So, you know, they might have cupcakes one day just for fun. That could be like your stories, but you're not going there for cupcakes. You're going there for shoes. So it's like for you, it's, that your business is taxes. That's my store, I guess. They're coming. That's to your store. Shop exactly. At my store. It is. That is your virtual business, and that's what oh, they want to see every time they go. That's the way. That's the way we we look at every every business. Your Instagram is like uh, your brick like and mortar. This is like super light bulb moment. And then to go with that, it's then if they see you on vacation with your wife and you're talking to the camera and they get to know you a little bit, then that adds the like, like no trust factor mm -hmm. that then when you do share a tax tip Tuesday, they're like, oh, well, Chad said this. They feel like they know you mm -hmm. because they've seen you behind the scenes. They've seen you walking your no dog. No different they've than seen, talking to you in your store they about feel just like, shooting the breeze. Yeah, you know? they feel I mean, like yeah. they're your friend and they trust you. So then whenever you, they're more likely to take your advice or buy your product mm -hmm. or buy the shirt that you're saying swipe up for because they like you they know you they trust you they're your you're their friend yeah this is like such a like different angle and just clarifying like moment for me to like think about my instagram page as like a brick and mortar mm -hmm. store and like talking to my customer and like mm -hmm. yeah they're they're not interested in buying cupcakes at the shoe store. And they may be interested in what I've done for the weekend right. or like I'm there working or the owner of the shoe store and they want to talk about, hey, how often do you run or mm -hmm. what goes on? But in reality, they're, they're there to buy freaking shoes. Mm -hmm. And those are your followers. The people in your store are your followers. They are there to consume whatever you are selling. I love it. Yeah. All right. So if I'm thinking about this from an, let's say, an influencer, quote unquote, standpoint, am I trying to get people to buy something I'm selling on Instagram? Am I trying to get people just to drive traffic to my website? Am I trying to get people to do a service with me? What is the goal? Is it just all sorts of different products and different things going on? Or is it specific to where I'm trying to accomplish a certain task? Or am I trying to get a brand to pay me $3,000 a month or whatever it may be? What is the, for a lot of influencers, what is the ultimate goal of like what you're trying to accomplish? I think it can be different for everybody. Like everybody could have a, a different like end goal in mind, but I think everybody wants to build an audience that is engaged. Mm -hmm. And because you could have a million followers and that's great, but if you're only getting, you know, 50 people are liking your post and then you go to sell something or go to, you know, share something and nobody buys it, your audience isn't very engaged and that's not very valuable to the brand that you're working with or 
um, or anybody. So, I mean, I think everybody just wants to have an engaged audience. That's like the biggest thing. And then from there, if they're engaged, then you know if you are going to sell a product, sell a course, um, sell a widget, anything, then like you know those are your people. They like you. They trust you. You're their friend. You're recommending something. It would be the same as if your best friend recommended something to you. You're going to take their advice and you're going to want to try it because you trust their opinion, that kind of thing. All right. My wheels are turning big time over here. This is where I get super excited because I get to like put into practice what I just learned. So when you said that, it like clicked for me. That's like the equivalent of a million people coming into my brick and mortar store mm-hmm. and only 50 of them buying something. Exactly. That put me out of business. Right. Mm-hmm. That sucks. That's exactly. like the worst case scenario. And that's your engagement. I would much rather have 50 people come in and all 50 buy Correct. than a million exactly. people come in and 50 people buy or any sort of formula around that. Correct. So, so it yeah. used to be kind of, I think a lot of people would look at somebody's follower count yeah. and be really impressed and like, wow, and that is great. Like, it, I mean, the goal would be to have a high number of followers right. that are very engaged, but it's better to have a lower number of followers that are super engaged. And I think brands are now recognizing that too. And there's a lot of value in a smaller influencer or even micro influencer, they call them, um, because if your audience is very engaged, they know that they could pay you less than what they're paying the girl with 5 million followers, but they may actually make more sales and it's to such a niche audience mm-hmm. if it's a kind of a small group of people. So there's still a lot of value in that. All right. I love it. Okay. So if I want to grow my followers or my engagement or my influencing capacity, how the heck do I do that? Is it strictly just like word of mouth or Warren's like, at a dinner party with Liz, like, hey, Liz, you should check out this guy. He does post on taxes. Is it hashtags? Is it sponsored posts? Like, if I want to grow my engagement and my reach for me right now, how do I do that? Like, what is the, the you hear about algorithms, you hear about you need to do so many stories a day. Is, is, is any of that true? Is all of that true? I think or, the biggest thing is consistency. I was say the same uh, thing. Yeah, consistency. Consistently posting valuable mm-hmm. content and it could be and people I mean, just find it there's no so like, they do hashtags everything you said is important so, so you still need to do hashtags we, that's well, important and but you need to use trending hashtags so if you go on instagram and search for give me an example of a hashtag tax tips tax tips there you go <laughs> right. um you yeah, know do I, do I do hashtag tax tips do i do hashtag money do I do yeah money? all of those you and i wouldn't do more than 10 because now they used to say you need 30 now if you do more than 10 they think you're a bot and mm-hmm. they won't they'll shadow ban you so the algorithm changes every day throw it out the window um that, that's all i have so to say confusing. like just um but and that's another reason why to go back to the website of it all just yeah. it reminded me of a really important point you said so the blog the blog is nothing more than just a website it's sure. a website with all my content on it and it's just called a blog for whatever reason but my website i own that right like, oh whoa whoa, I, whoa, 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 pause for a second a okay. blog is just a website i mean yeah yeah lowchandler.com website with long stories and pictures on it yeah basically. yeah okay yeah i mean it's just a website so, so okay so i'm over here thinking i was a little bit embarrassed to ask this because again this is it's not its own separate thing i'm like is there like a blog site out there you got to post blogs to and then it connects to your website mm-hmm. is there like a blog platform i don't know about you're just posting stuff on your website yeah literally just posting stuff on my website um and you own that, right? So you 100% own it. I'm in full control. Nobody can take it from me. It's sure. mine. However, with all just everything with like the algorithm and stuff, it just reminded me. I have seen girls with half a million followers because we don't own Instagram. We don't own Facebook. We don't own none of it. 
it could just disappear overnight. There could be a glitch, you could get shut down, you could get shadow banned, you could lose all your followers and therefore all your, all your revenue stream. If you put all your eggs in the, let's say, Instagram basket or something, and Instagram, there's been times where Instagram has gone down for 24 hours. And if that's the only way you're making money is swipe ups on Instagram, you're not making money that day. And so you're, to own something is so important and to always educate your followers that, yes, like I'm posting funny things and like engaging things here on this, but if you ever need anything, like you can go to lowchandler.com and it's there. And if I ever disappear for whatever reason, like you can always find my stuff here, you know? So it's really important to have something that you own mm-hmm. in okay. addition to all the social media. Yeah. Okay, that definitely makes sense. Um, so yeah, having a website, it seems like is important no matter what phase you are in your business or influencing your online space. And then, all right, let's take hiring on trend off the table Mm because that's the obvious answer behind if I wanted to grow in the online space or I wanted to connect with more people online and come back to the, if I'm a DIYer, I want to figure it out on my own. Consistency in one platform, all platforms, would you just do... Like for me, do I just stick to Instagram or do I go back to like TikTok and stuff like you talked about? I think, I mean, a lot of things are heading towards TikTok. I really do think uh, it's it's not as saturated they're, as Instagram. They're not going to ban it or something? Something like banning TikTok or something? They haven't or, yet. Okay. Which, I mean, which is still why it's important. Like you have your own website. You have yeah. the SerialCFO.com. And so like on your Instagram, like even if you grew that to a, a bazillion people, they know that if they go to your bio, they can click on exactly. your website and yeah. find your services there. Right. And like that's... The point, but I do, I do think TikTok is is where it's at right uh, now currently, and I, it's easier to grow on TikTok. And I think being strategic about who you partner with on certain things, like a giveaway or even this podcast, can help you grow. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, giveaways and things. Yeah, I think that's something most of us don't recognize or do, and that's something y'all are really good at and helping us grow the audience a lot on the stronger mm-hmm. business side for the summit. Um, for somebody that doesn't know what the heck they're doing, should they do like sponsored posts or boost posts or are they just throwing their money out the door? Is that? I think if they're being consistent, it wouldn't hurt to see what like a sponsored post could do. But I mean, if they're not, I think the most important thing is consistently showing up every day. And it's something I still struggle with as a mom because I'm, you know, a working mom and um, have Dottie at home with me half the day and stuff. So consistency is something I still struggle with. So um, I think that's the hardest piece of it. But if they're doing all that, then yeah, I say if they want to try a sponsored post, it wouldn't hurt and see. I feel like sometimes it works great for people and great for people's accounts. And then some people don't really see a lot of return. So, I mean, it's worth a shot. Yeah. Yeah. I know one of the cool things with you all do it on trend is, you know, you have content calendars and you have certain days you do certain things and very consistent, systematized. And I love that. Are you personally doing the same thing on your side, or are you more organic? Like, yeah, I'll wake up this morning and see what I'm doing or what comes to me. How creative are you in that story post side of things for your influencing part, or are you very calendar-specific like uh, Liz that does in her business? I'm the same. I do have a content calendar and go, because a lot of my content is very seasonal and, like, um, decorating seasonal, hosting seasonal things. So I do plan out um, – you know, several posts that I want for, especially for my website, but for Instagram too. But then sometimes it, there is like room for just some organic fun stuff. You may see something funny trending, like I'll do funny videos with my husband sometimes. And those have actually been my highest performing videos. Um, just the funny stuff that we'll do together. You may see a trend on Instagram or something and you're like, oh, we should try this and post this today instead of what I had planned. So there, there is a little wiggle room as trends come about, things you can't predict, maybe like your favorite product that I talked all about last month, maybe it went on 50% off sale, so I'm going to 
not share what I had planned, and I'm going to share that instead. There's there's always room okay, for... Okay, so you pivot inside of yeah. kind of what you have from a schedule standpoint. All right, so I'm just so curious about the influencing side of things, and especially like the brand affiliate side. And like, where do you start there? So let's say I, I had a huge desire, and this, maybe this is not even possible, or maybe it is, maybe we're easier than I thought. I have a huge desire to have some sort of brand affiliation with QuickBooks or whatever it may be, Dave Ramsey, or just some sort of brand out there in the tax and financial space. Do you, is there a way you reach out to these people? Do you just keep like tagging them and stuff? How do you go from just posting stuff online inside of like your realm of expertise, your niche, to actually partnering or collaborating with somebody that's willing to pay your money? There's a couple of different ways. I mean, posting relative content to that brand, like posting something about QuickBooks and tagging them is a good way to get on their radar. So they just made you reach out one day? I've had that happen before. Yeah, I've had that happen with brands where I'm just talking about it and tagging it, and then they'll reach out and say, hey, would you want to partner? Or, hey, we'd like to send you this or anything like that. Or you can just DM them. I think that's really common now that influencers can just shoot them a DM and say, hey, um, who who is your partnership? you know, person in charge, can I get their email address? Um, Or if you just go to their website and look around on their website with a few clicks, you can usually find who their um, director of partnerships is or their marketing director, things like that. And just, I just send them an email. I'll send them an email with my media kit and just say, hey, this is what I share. I love your product. I've been using it. This is why I would love to partner with you kind of thing. And just start the line of communication. Cool. That's awesome. And your media kit has all the information about kind of what you do and how you do it and what you charge? Or do you wait yeah. on them to tell you like, hey, we'd love to and this is what we I pay. never give my rates up front. Okay. Ever. Yeah. yeah, I always try to let them tell me what they can pay first. Because you never know, this brand could have a, you know, I'm just going to like make up a number. Like it could have a $100,000 budget or something. And if you say, oh, I'll, I'll do this for $100. Oh, yourself in the foot They're the like, great. Yeah. yeah. So Negotiating I typically start with just who I am, why I love their product, why I'm already sharing about it organically, how I would love to make this into a partnership, that kind of thing. And then say, you know, this is how many story views I get. This is how many followers I have. Like kind of share a little bit about you. And then sometimes I'll pitch ideas too. Be like, what if we did a a three-month partnership where for three months in a row I'll create a reel for you talking about your product. You know, I'll kind of like give them some stuff and then be like, what, you know, what type of budget would you want to work with? That kind of thing. And see if they, I always try to get them to give me a number first. I like it. All right. So all this is way more simplified than I expected when we started these conversations, but still quite overwhelming and time consuming. So if somebody wants to hire on trend, like, hey, I just need somebody to handle this for me. Mm -hmm. Is there anything they need to have in place on the front end or do they just reach out, start a conversation and say, hey, here's... Yeah, we just, they reach out, we have a conversation, we we have a discovery call, I get to know them, exactly what they need before I quote them. So just like our process isn't the same or our... Our systems are the same, but what they need might not be the same. The price is different, client to client. It is not sure. the same because you might need us to post to all ten platforms, and they might only need one. So it's it just depends on the amount of work that it's going to entail. So talk to them, come up with the price, and then from there, if they agree, then we like dive in and we yeah y'all we, y'all move hard and fast. Yeah, I love we that. Do. Yeah. Now I know like for me, I don't know what I need. Like I. I have and that's no fine idea. too. We Y'all come up with a whole list of like suggest- suggestions and recommendations um, and kind of give you like our to do list. Like, here's what we're going to do if you give us the go ahead. 
And a lot of our clients, they don't know. They don't know what they want. They don't know what they should be doing. So they just let us take care of that. But we always inform them of what that's going to look like. We don't just do it without their approval. Gotcha. So that definitely makes sense. Yeah. So all sorts of knowledge for our listeners and our audience and entrepreneurs out there to be able to do some of these things themselves or delegate and be able to have opportunities to work with you and your team. Um, this is my favorite part of the podcast. This is where we get to have a max out moment. We get to share something with our entrepreneurs, with our business owners. The whole goal of the max out moment is if you could leave our audience with one takeaway to help them get stronger in business or in life. It's just one tip, something they can go and implement this weekend to make things stronger in their business. What would that be? What are your, I know y'all gave us a ton of tips and a ton of ideas there. Share like your max out moment. Lauren, what would you say? I think, and I, I shared a little bit about this earlier, and like I said, I'm still struggling with it. It's something I have to remind myself of, but just don't wait until it's perfect. Start now, start today. If you wanna reach out to a company, just send them an email. Don't wait until you have like the perfect template. Google the perfect template thing. Like just say, hey, I like your stuff. Want a partner? Send it, send it, move on. Because by the time you sit around and edit it and make it perfect, whatever it may be, the picture, the photo, the video, you could have already posted it, it's on, and you could have created 10 more things by then or reached out to 10 more people. And that's something I still get caught up with like, um, I guess perfection over progress and I'm very analytical and so sometimes I'll get in like an analysis paralysis where I'm so busy <laughs> trying to make something perfect and Liz can tell you this too I'm so busy and I'll be like well what about this and I'll see the holes in it and I'll see all the reasons why it isn't perfect when really it's fine and I could just send it and I could have already been in conversations with this person if I would just send it like that Liz is the perfect example just like I don't even remember what her message said but she just messaged me and now we're best friends and we've connected all these people and now look at us today. And you know, it's just, just Absolutely. do it, just go for it. Don't wait for it to be perfect. Start right now. Don't worry about failing. Yeah, just try, go for try, it. try, learn from experience mm-hmm. and keep going and keep trying stuff. All right, Liz, what you got for us? Lauren kind of stole my moment there. Um, so earlier I said, obviously outsource your weaknesses and you may not have any weaknesses, but you may have things that aren't making you as much money as something else. Sure. Or that you just don't enjoy. Or you don't enjoy, yeah. So. I have two things. The first thing is to focus on what makes you the most money. That's what. That's why we have businesses. I mean, it's hey, to provide, absolutely. right? So thank you. So yes, focus on focus on what makes you the most money, and let other people handle the things that don't. Um, and then the second thing, and my mom always used to say, when you put things on paper, it seems impossible. But when you uh, when you realize that twenty four hours in a day is so much time, just go for it. If you know it's a good idea, you know it's going to work. Kind of what Lauren said go for it, it, you will figure it out along the way. That I is, it. I am like a walking example of that. So, I mean, I'm still figuring it out, but just dive right in. I could not agree more. You don't have to know step 10 exactly. to take step one mm-hmm. and just figure it out along the way. Start with step one, step two, because I can guarantee you, I've been in business a long time. I've done a lot of different things. Even when I did have all the things laid out, all 10 steps, it never worked out that way. You, had, you, had, you always have to pivot at some point and things change and right. end up way different than you expected. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's some of the fun side of business and the creative side of being able to grow stuff and do things like that. I love it. All right, where do they find you at, Liz? How do they engage more with your photography business, with On Trend? 
you can just go to www.ontrendcreativestudio.com and there's a form right there you can fill out and it goes directly to my inbox. Awesome. Yeah. I know I've worked with you and your team. Y'all are awesome. And then you have a photography business. Mm-hmm. Is that something you want to share with people? They can just, re- it all goes to the same place. So ah, just okay. the same find thing. Yeah. Yeah, awesome find it all there. Awesome photography. Um, I know some of the pictures, I'm just like my jaw drops with some of the things <laughs> y'all are doing and things y'all are taking. All right, Lauren, where do people connect? Where do they find you at? Yes. Yeah, so my name is Lauren. I just want to say that for people listening, it's L-O-R-E-N. It's not Lauren, um, which is Weird, I know. But so it got shortened over the years with a lot of people to low. So everything on social media is low Chandler. So my website is lowchandler.com and my Instagram um, and TikTok is low underscore Chandler. I love it. And TikTok's actually low underscore Chandler fam. I feature my husband and my daughter a lot on there too. All right. So here's what we're going to do from here. I'm going to follow you on TikTok. Is it even called following on TikTok? I don't know. I think so, know. yeah. But And I'm going to spend this week trying to learn TikTok. I'm going to share it with our audience. All right. Uh, it's your we, homework. As we go. And, I, and I, I could not encourage you all more to, to follow these two. Um, I know it on your page, Lauren, uh, on Instagram, I've learned so much about products and how to make flowers bloom perfectly and like what <laughs> things you should and should be doing in your home and party planning. It's such cool content. Like thank I, you, I love you. it. And I love seeing all the ideas of ways we've been able to work together on the course to help people make more money, learn more about these creative business entrepreneur spaces, save more money, and uh, just be able to take their businesses to higher levels of success and us all get stronger together. Thank you all for joining us today. It's been awesome. Thanks for sharing with us. And uh, we're excited to follow and catch up with you next time. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Stronger Business Podcast. We're excited to come to you again next week with more tools and tactics to help you get stronger in your business and in your life. Check us out on Instagram at Stronger Business or follow us uh, on our website at strongerbusiness.com. Have an awesome rest of your day and we'll see you next week.